This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. You ever wrap up with an episode of Hooniverse and then just go, damn it, I need more content. I need two guys talking about cars, saying ridiculous things and insightful things on occasion. But, you know, at a rate of more insight to ridiculous than maybe Jeff and Chris produce. Well, you're in luck. There's Unnamed Automotive Podcast with hosts Sammy Hajasad and Benjamin Hunting. Sammy's from AutoGuide. Benjamin, he's a freelancer. He used to work with Jeff. They're buddies. That's all you need to know on that front. He's awesome. So these guys, they travel around. They do the journalist thing. They review cars. They check out old stuff. They tell you what's cool, what's weird. They throw out their opinion on just about everything. It's Unnamed Automotive Podcast. On the plus side, beyond all that other good stuff, Sammy sounds kind of like Eugene Merman, and if you know who that is, you'll appreciate this reference. And if you don't, don't worry about it. Either way, check out Unnamed Automotive Podcast. They're on iTunes, they're on Google, they're wherever the hell you want your podcasts, because they're Unnamed Automotive Podcast. Check them out. Okay, live once again from the uh, Magnaflow booth at SEMA 2018 in the little shout engine podcasting nook, as I'm going to call it. Uh, we have, uh, we've got Noah and we've got Charles from uh, Classic Car Studio Speed Shop. You got it. All How's right. it going? St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for having us. All right. So uh, what did you guys bring out to the show this year? In the Magnaflow booth, we have a 1970 Ford F100. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. You can see it yes, right I behind guess. you. I've yelled at people on its behalf to get the hell away from it and stop touching it. Thank Sometimes, you. We appreciate that. Uh, we, yeah. You know, we walk around and yell at other people that, you know, on cars whose owners we don't even know. It's like, why are don't you touching touch. that car? Yeah. Uh, at least I had the Magnafloat lanyard on and the, and the black shirt, so they're like, oh, this might actually be a Magnafloat. Look, he looks official. Yeah, yeah. We should back off. Uh, yeah, I had two, two guys who are like, why? And I'm like, because it's not yours, you're an idiot, that's why. Not to mention it's a matte finish paint, and it's almost impossible to fix. Oh, God. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're beautiful, but they're the worst. They are. Uh, I remember when BMW released their, uh, I think it was uh, the M3s, you could get them in the frozen paint job oh, yeah. probably 10 years ago. Yeah. That lasted all of about a year. They did, right. not, they did not come back. No. 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 Right. They had to explain. I guess there were a lot of insurance claims on uh, on those paints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I tried to, you know, buff it, and then it, you know. <laughs> We tried to get the McGuire guys to come over and buff it for us. They weren't too interested. It, it didn't, didn't seem to work out. They're for literally long. all on stage right now. <laughs> We're in the back studio right now, and then uh, we've got an MO Auto Care with my buddy Larry Casilla, who hosted up there with literally the, the gods of the detailing world, like the top four guys. Yes. Uh, yeah, they get the crazy jobs. Like uh, They're like Bugattis, is, is, you know, people and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they might actually be able to do it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a miracle. They'll get in there with, like, Q-tips. Right. That's right. Um, so how would you actually, you know, completely different than what we probably get into, but how the hell would you actually care for that? The biggest thing is, like, not letting anything sit on it too long. So if you go out and drive it, you get, you know, bug guts on the front yeah. of it or anything like that. It's really important to get it off right away. But you also can't just go over there and start rubbing on it because it will it will actually kind of 
start to gloss up a little bit yep. around whatever you're trying to wipe off. So the main thing is just trying to keep it wiped down and clean all the time, you know, and not let anything sit on it too long because it will stain. Great for a show car, bad for something you're going to use regularly. Very yeah. bad for an everyday right. driver. Yeah. Do you actually foresee that staying matte, or do you think that'll get redone? No, the customer likes it matte, okay. and he, he understands the process of taking care of it, so yeah. he's on board, you know, which is well, good. And if you've got the money for a build like that, you've got probably got somebody to take care of it for you, too. Actually, this guy's going to do it himself. He oh, already really? Went, yeah, he went and bought all the supplies just for a matte finish. Well, I, I like it because yeah. I'm the same way. I, he's I, hands-on. I mean, I could pay somebody to, to detail my stuff, but I'd rather do it myself and like yeah. have that skill set my, of my own. Yeah, he's so, that guy. Yeah, uh, I like that. And is he out of St. Louis area as well? Or? Yeah, he, he is. is. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What? Um, so in that area, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't. to be honest, I don't see a lot of builders coming out of St. Louis specifically. Uh, is that, I mean, what's the, what's the scene like there? I think it's a little. I, we 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 kind of consider it to be on the conservative side. A lot of a lot of classic cars, mm-hmm. uh, some custom builds, but they don't get out enough. Uh, there's there's been a lot of I think show, local shows, you know, kind of local weekend shows like Cars and Coffee have helped kind of pull some of these guys out of the woodwork. Um, but and there's there's some other shops in the area, and it's not not like Southern California. Yeah, or Michigan, but, where yeah. there's just shops everywhere. Exactly. But there are you know a ton of car enthusiasts in the area, and a lot of talented you know there's talented shops. So. Yeah, there's a lot of talented guys in St. Louis too that that work on cars or build cars. You know, and you think about that for a minute, and you know all the shops in California. You know that have been building cars forever. Not all those guys. Oh, not everybody's good. Yeah. Well, no, no not mean, all those guys actually were born and raised in California. There's a lot of Midwest guys that have moved oh, out there yeah, to build I, cars. So I've lived in LA for 13 years now, and it's always kind of a, the running joke with everybody there is it's when you run into somebody that grew up there, you're like, oh, you're a unicorn. <laughs> uh, there's just right. you know transplants. Yeah. A lot of I would say probably at least half the city of people that have moved there. But I mean that's kind of what you get with like new york and la they're all aspirational people going there for some specific job or whatever yeah um so yeah i mean everybody comes from somewhere yeah we just we've got a lot of talented it seems like a lot of talented guys right in our area part of that's because we've got a good aerospace you know industry Mm -hmm. around us so there's guys that transfer over from that and uh you know to to working on cars so there's a good talent pool right there in st louis for us to to get yeah, it's the only unfortunate thing is, is like when you're in an area like that has a talent pool that doesn't have as much media access like yourselves, you just don't get that outlet to show off your stuff as much. Sure. Right? So, yep. you, so you gotta drag all your stuff here once a year just to mm-hmm. be able to to get the exposure you deserve. You yeah. gotta go to shows. You know, you have to go to good guys shows. You have to come to SEMA. Yeah. And then we send. You know, if we've been sending a few vehicles out every quarter just to California for press drives. Yeah. Because you know it's it's great to build you know cool looking stuff. But at the end of the day, it's I, I I think we've really benefited from you know having having media out there where it's where it's uh, you know other press outlets driving our vehicles yeah. and giving feedback like holy this thing's crazy you know and, and it's it, it it brings kind of another light to the to the vehicles because you know we're, we're used to in, in the classic car and the custom car world you see magazine articles and you see cool photos but the whole driving aspects kind of left out. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of feedback on that. We're with you know late model stuff and, and new cars. You know, there's there's always reviews and yeah. Uh, I mean, we that's that's where the focus is. I mean, because there's not when a car is only you know if it's new that year or it's a few years old, your concern is not necessarily what its potential could be. It damn well should be out of the box. Exactly. When you're paying sixty or seventy grand for something fun that just came out the door. Right. right. You right. know. 
and, and there's a lot of engineering behind those cars versus like we're doing a hand-built car you know and we're trying to work out all the bugs on our own so yep. it's kind of cool when somebody that that drives newer cars and does write-ups on them will drive one of our cars and we're, we're impressed with that it's a it's a big compliment to us yeah i mean it's 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 really cool when you run into a build that's well done or you, where you get out of it and you go, oh, that doesn't drive like a 50-year-old car. It right. drives like something right. that was built last year. And that's I, what we're that's what we're we want to hear from people. We want that feedback. Yeah. It's got to it's got to look, you know, obviously it has to look really cool, but we, you know, our goal is to get our customers actually driving this stuff as well. So when we can get feedback from them and feedback from press like I did not expect that was going to be that much fun. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. One of the greatest compliments I can give to, like, a project car from, you know, a 1950-something or whatever is to go, yeah, it was as unremarkable to drive as an Accord. You know, it's just <laughs> like, because Honda spent billions of dollars getting right. there, if you can get if you can get a custom build to be that transparent in terms of, I turn it on, it goes and it works every damn time, that's perfect. Right. You and know, it's very, exactly. very, very hard. Yeah, and it's the most important thing because sure. anytime you have a project car where it's got that little stuff, you're just that much less likely to drive it. You know, when you've got those little things like, oh, the radio's not working, or oh, the wipers aren't working. Battery's always dead. Yeah. Well, whatever. even down to, like, all the little detail things about trying to get wind noises resolved and, and things like yep. that that really, quite honestly, probably weren't that great from the factory to begin with. Oh, no. You know, they didn't have double and triple seals on doors, you know, like they do now, so... We're always trying to, you know, like battle that stuff and make it better, you know, with what we have or re-engineer things to make it better, too. I mean, the stuff we see on economy cars now is better than what you get on a luxury car 25 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. It's it, it, it's crazy how quickly the industry just marches forward now. It's like we were so stagnant for so long. And just in the last 15 years, we've just gone, build quality has gone through the roof. Leaps, leaps and bounds. Yeah. Every new every new model, it's, it's totally totally crazy so okay so you've got this beautiful truck here um what are what are the other cool projects that you've been working on recently so just here at sema we do have a 71 chevelle yep. over at billet specialties so yep. really cool it has I, a, uh, I walked by it the other day and uh yeah a couple of people i was with remarked on that very kindly and i'm like yeah it's a nice car man so what's it got in it that's an ls9 okay. in that so the older model oh, zr1 motor yeah. the better motor well, I didn't say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a very nice motor. Yeah, it's a nice motor. Yeah, the LT4 was a dog. Yeah. I mean, it was just the blower was too small, and they mm. didn't have enough fuel. Yeah. So, you know, that and the whole overheating issue in the vet. They fixed that, yeah. Well, yeah, they fixed it by putting in the CTS and in the, in the Camaro where they had more cooling. Right, right. You know. But the LT, LT5 fixed it, for sure. Sure, yeah, sure. But that also took eight more injectors to fix the problem and a bigger blower. Right. So... Uh, yeah, but uh, that thing's a beast, the ZR1. But that LS9, because I've got an LS3, which obviously architecturally is very, very close. Sure. Those motors are so, so beautiful. To work yeah, with. they're wonderful. And, you know, they kind of cater towards our goal of getting people to drive, you know, yeah. drive stuff. And, you know, you hear some people saying, oh, another LS motor. But you know what? They work really, really well. Back That's to that drivability thing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's great, you know. Well, it's and, like, you know, the pro drifters and everything that I know, it's, you know, there's everybody harps on them for like, well, why'd you get rid of the cool four cylinder turbo? And it's just like, because I wanted it to work every week. Every week. Yeah, it's just how it goes. But um, so, what uh, what is your shop specialty? Would you say what would you say is like the thing that you guys are most known for? I'd say full builds. You know, we we're trying to really focus more on that even today. Yeah. But uh, you know, full builds and a, a wide array of builds too. So it could be a 
a Porsche 911, or it could be this 1974 F100. That's you cool. Know? And so we want to be versatile in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but when you say no, that's that's a that's like yeah, our main focus, I, really. You know, and then kind of in terms of quality and style, you know, on the quality level, we want to produce the highest quality vehicle and improve every time. Um, yet, you know, make these things drivable and enjoyable because. You know, we don't want to build a static show car. You know, oh, yeah. we want the static. We want it to look like a static show car, that that then is drive flying down the street and the customers having a you know a great time. And uh, then I think we kind of have a look we've established in terms of stance and the wheel package, and then the way we do our paint jobs and interiors. That that's kind of you know it, it's it's something you keep trying to develop and make your own. But we we finally you know just this you know just at SEMA we've had people saying oh. I saw I saw that over there. I knew it was you guys. You know, there was nothing to let us know that was that was your bill. But I was pretty sure that was one of your guys' bills. Yeah, that's so. a huge yeah. compliment as builders. You know, like or for builders, when somebody can say they know how to recognize one of your cars. You know, and that's right. that's that's well, a huge and there's, compliment. There's a few people like that. Like I can tell Bodie's stuff when I see it, mm-hmm. or you guys. You probably know Jason Engel. Yeah. Um, you know, I always can tell his 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 tell is always the spoiler, and the way that that's done and the panel gaps on that, uh-huh. I always know because I talk to him like. How many hundred hours did you put into this one? Right. Uh, and then, like, you know, and, of course, uh, Mike and Jim Ring. Yeah. I can always tell their stuff. And Absolutely. now I'm starting to get a little bit of an eye for your stuff, too. I haven't I haven't seen it year on year on year enough yet. Right, right. right. But I'm starting to notice some of the little details. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. It, but what's really cool to me, it says a lot about your shop, is that you guys branch out and not are not just doing... Oh, we do fifty-seven to sixty-seven Chevy pickups, Correct, or yeah. we only build we only build Mustangs or whatever. It, it's a lot more interesting and versatile when when the shop can actually go, like you said, a nine eleven to what a seventy-four F one hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we did a we, you know, just last year we did a nineteen ninety, you know, nine sixty-four nine eleven. Um, oh, really? It was a it was okay. just a wicked little hot rod build. So that was very cool. I'd been wanting to do a nine eleven. We actually did an all-original 356 before that. Uh, we built a Hot Rod Triumph TR3 with a blower on it. That was pretty cool. Then, you know, we do our, our muscle car stuff, you know, with the with the LS motors. And uh, we're, we're doing a Texas Mile car right now, which is going to be totally crazy. Can you say can you say more about that yet? Or? It's uh, it's currently just a tube chassis. Oh, okay. And it's a 67 Mustang, so it's going to be pretty. Well, it's a 67 Mustang, and then it's got a 67 Mustang body on it. Yeah, we're, exactly, we're going to throw, yeah. throw a 67 <laughs> Mustang body over the top of it, so basically put all the panels Any together. Any idea what you're doing for the motor yet? Or? Yes. Yeah, so it's an, it's an 07 Cobra engine. That's, uh, okay. it's, it's the start of it, basically. Yeah. But it's going to be around 1,800 horsepower. Hey, uh, Koenigseggs were using the uh, 07 Cobra blocks yeah. as a basis at one point, too, yeah. so... Uh, you're in good company. It'll be yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be neat. The customer's really into it. He's gonna be the driver of the car too. So we're excited. Hopefully we'll have it out next year. You know we can get out and start uh, seeing what this thing will do. Texas model cars are crazy, man. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm not much for drag racing at this point because I just got burnt out on it from yeah. doing it for so many years. But uh, yeah, the mile cars are it's the half mile and the mile cars are a whole different thing, uh, and they're so much cooler. It's interesting to me is just how prevalent certain cars are in that like the uh the gallardos and the f bodies seem to just dominate the the mile events um what uh any specific i mean obviously it's to go as fast as possible what are the kind of design considerations that you have versus of doing that versus like your typical quarter mile drag car that you may have worked on that's a good question (laughs) well with this uh texas mile car you know it's really the aerodynamics are such a key you Mm -hmm. know on that and 
and trying to just make sure that that thing can, you know, with withstand like the horsepower that we're giving it, keeping it planted to the ground, safety. You know, we're going to do fire suppression and everything in this vehicle too. Um, not to mention, we're going to do some wind tunnel testing with this one. So okay, so the, so the client's willing to spend some money. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's going to be that's going to be crazy. So yeah. Uh, yeah, wind tunnel testing. I don't know too many people that are working on custom <laughs> builds where they're like, okay, we're going to put it in a tunnel. Yeah, so that's that that's probably the main difference between that and like a, a quarter mile car that you'd build. Yeah, uh, that and you know, it's uh, you usually start with a much higher end car on the Texas model stuff too. Yeah, although uh, you guys are going tube chassis, so that's a whole other thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I assume going tube chassis. Uh, are you designing your own suspension, or are you taking it off something else? Uh, what's what's the plan there? Well, there was another chassis shop that started this project um, down in Texas. And then we, you know, he brought it to us to kind of take it over and kind of take it to the next level, really. So um, that's what we're doing right now. We're we're going over all the chassis that's been done, all the chassis work. And we're just we're going to check it out, make sure that we don't want to make changes before we start trying to wrap a body around this thing. So yeah. uh, that's the process. That's where we're at currently with it. Um, so we will make some changes to the chassis. We're just not not there quite yet. So, and I'm going to assume it's probably just a rear-wheel drive setup. You're not going all-wheel drive. It on. is just rear-wheel drive, yeah. Okay. Is, uh, and then probably boost by gear and all that stuff just so that you can actually launch it? Yeah. Okay. And then um, is it going to be turbocharged or supercharged right now? Do supercharged. You know? It is going to be supercharged. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's, not, that's not in vogue in that world. It's usually everybody goes turbo. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, this guy said he had to have a Kenny Bell supercharger on it, and that's that's what he's got. Okay. Yeah. It's Something. newer. It's newer territory for us, so we're excited. You know, like yeah. it, we're, we're not afraid to step outside of the box, and you know, we're just talking about just something new or do something different. And, you know, we're not we're not just going to build you know tri five Chevys all day long. And no, you, you know, nothing want to blow your that. brains yeah. out at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Building we're, the same damn variety thing over is and over. variety is important. So I mean, don't get me wrong; there can be good money in doing it, especially because you know. You get to know them inside and out, but uh, absolutely, yeah. So on this F one hundred, yes. Um, what kind? Of, how how screwy was the fact the factory chassis when you just got that thing? How out of square was it? Oh, that the. I mean, it. I wish I wish we had a picture. It, it, just the before. Put it this way: it's hauled a few things on the farm. I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because just with, I mean, just. Just with like uh, Fox Body Mustangs and stuff that I've been I've been seeing friends build, just like you'll get a you'll get a three quarters of an inch different on the right rail versus the left rail. Never mind something that's you know twenty years older than that. Well, and some yeah, that's true. But some of the Fox Bodies actually came out of the factory where you couldn't even get them to align without pulling them a little bit. So yeah, you know they they were kind of built wrong too. Um, and these the tolerances on these older trucks or any doesn't matter if they're ford or chevy or dodge back oh no then. no everything was bad it was bad <laughs> unless yeah. it was mercedes all of them were bad yeah but this thing the chassis was actually in pretty good shape on it but giving all the upgrades that we wanted to do it just made more sense to start with the roadster shop spec chassis that we did um you know because it's fully boxed mm-hmm. it already has all the you know four link in the back coil over you know wire on that sort of thing. here's the yeah. other issue we run into you know there's some great there's bolt-on stuff out there for 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 full frames, you know, full frame right. vehicles. But the problem is you get everything taken apart, get the frame stripped down, you look at it, you start to see some issues, maybe it's not that straight. You send it, they media blast it, you bring it back, maybe you find a little bit of rust here and there. And then, you know, if you say, well, we really need to box it to make it stronger. By the time you've done all this stuff and fixed all the issues, you're kind of at the price for a full chassis yeah. anyway. And 
the full chassis, you know, I, in, in our opinion, is just uh, oh, that's why it's the guys... so it's so clean. And from you know, just a customer standpoint and a customer service standpoint, it makes it really easy. And, and who was the who was the provider of that chassis? That's a Roger Shop spec chassis. Okay, so great. Yeah, that's yeah. like why guys like them and Morrison exist because why recreate that stuff? Right. They do it so well. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to. You can limit. There's. You, in any build, you're going to have so many challenges and so many surprises. We're often the bearers of bad news, like, well, get the body stripped down, and some guys welded a stop sign in the floor, and it's not pretty. So it's just one thing we can just say. It's just a clean sweep. We'll clear the table off. We'll put a, a new a new chassis in underneath it, and we know you'll be we know you'll be good to go. And not to mention on, like you said before, all these pickup trucks. You know, they they were all abused. So yeah. The frames are, are just they're 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 junk. Pickup trucks time. at most points in time are nothing special to the owners. Yeah, exactly. So to try to repair and restore one of these frames and get it to a condition to where it's actually ready to accept a new you know suspension that's a lot of labor and you're still dealing with old metal that's fatigued a little bit. So you're better off just to just to replace it. I've got this itching feeling. I was discussing this with one of the guests earlier that I think we're 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 going through the cycle of kind of the you know the things that are popular and right now we're back to trucks are popular again um and uh i've got this theory that like i think we're gonna see kind of because that day hasn't come for them yet it's like the ranger and the s10s and the nissan hard bodies and the toyotas i think those smaller trucks are due for another hit here um kind of builds of your quality right we haven't seen them yet and they're getting i think they're getting old enough to their Nostalgia. There's a little bit of nostalgia kicking in from like guys our age. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's, have you guys seen anything? No. Here's the like thing about yet, yeah. You have to expect that that's going to be coming down the line. And here's the thing about trucks. You know, everybody had a truck, and you know maybe everybody didn't have one, but everybody had a truck. Everybody's dad had a truck. People, they were, your uncle or whomever. There's yeah. yeah. So and you know they probably had pretty fun experiences in the trucks. Maybe it was the vehicle they drove to high school or prom or they yeah. drove around with their grandpa. And, and that's that 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 the, that nostalgia, and like those good memories, you know, that really that, that kind of stuff has always fueled the classic car industry and the custom industry. So it's coming, you it's know, coming. because also, people people drove them, they enjoyed them, and they had a yeah. good time with them. Well, also, gonna- also, a lot of the guys that are building cars now started off by building trucks, lowrider trucks, yeah. mini trucks. You know, back Which, in the '90s, and you know, say what you will, whether or not you like them, the quality of the work was amazing. Yeah. So, but but they moved on, and now they're they're getting older, and they're like, you know. I'm going to grab an S10 again, or yeah, I'm going to yeah. grab a full-size Chevy, uh, you know, 88 short bed, and I'm going to I'm going to build another truck again. And I think it, it's coming back around. Yeah. You know, these guys are going to start grabbing up stuff. I just I just bought a '97 two-door two-wheel drive Tahoe. Uh, See, there we go. You know, my, my, it, it's already it's already coming yeah, true. Yeah. So sure. it's and it's fun, you know. And there's still a lot of parts available. There's things out there you can do, and uh, the aftermarket world's starting to pay attention to that stuff too. I think they're going to start building more parts. The other cool thing about it is, if you think about it, you know, um, I, in the next you know ten years, the amount of people building Tri Five Chevys, yeah, is gonna be very low. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean, people that own them right now, and people that are currently building them, are you know don't want to believe that, but it's just it's just gonna happen. And then if you look at the pickup truck, you know, you look at just look at the square body market. There's a forty year tail on that. People right. are gonna be building those, it, and that sounds like a lot, but people are gonna be building those trucks for a really really long time mm-hmm. i'm 38 i'm still alive when i'm 80 probably still like trucks yeah and, probably. i mean that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty right. good run and that's the same run we've seen 
with other custom, you know, other custom builds on. And yeah, all I mean, it's th- think about thirty-two Fords. You know how long those, and they're still popular. And they're today. still popular, but it's definitely tapering. It's off. changing. Yeah. yeah, and I still I love those cars. Or, like, but or it, anything, any of the pre-war cars and stuff like that. Like you, you used to see a lot more of them here, but like, sure. frankly, those guys are getting old and they're dying. Yes, yeah. you know, it's it just happens. Like, it's just. Uh, the way that's the way it goes. There's going to so. come a day when somebody doesn't give a shit about '69 Camaros as well. It's true, right. you know. Like my nephews that are born now probably won't give. You know, I got 18 month old nephews. They're not going to care. Why would they? One one yeah. iota. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Yep. You know. But other stuff will come along, and it's gonna it'll keep going. Yeah, it's it's progress. I mean, sure. that's all it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you backed me up on my thoughts on the on the mini truck thing. I think it, I think we're hitting back to that. It's, I think it's coming back around. Yeah, it not is. that I'm even that like that. I really want to do it or anything. I just want to see it, just to get some more variety going around here. Yeah, yeah. Because I, don't get me wrong, I love the muscle cars, but I have to, if I have to look at another Mustang build or another Camaro build, I might puke. The one right. thing I'll say though, we've been talking about this quite a bit, is Fox Body Mustangs. Fox Body Mustangs. Oh yeah, they're you know you don't. I don't even know if there's one here. Honestly, at SEMA this year, there probably um, is somewhere. There is. So Fox bodies are getting real big on the East Coast. Um, like uh, Matt that I, uh, you know, Matt and I created Smoke Tire Podcast together. Right. Along with a couple of our friends. And um, Matt just auctioned off his Fox body build. 65? What did? Something like that. Yeah. I didn't see. It was him and Andrew from Jalopnik uh, covered it live. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they auctioned it off. And, um, you know, that was a really, really well done build. I mean, that was about as, without doing major body work on it to, you know, Tighten up panels and stuff like that. There yeah. was everything you could possibly do to that car. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's definitely popping up on the West Coast as a more popular thing. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if you guys start getting requests for your shop. Or how yeah. I was just talking to the height suspension guys, um, you know, because they do with our IRS kits for things, and they're starting to move a lot of third gen Camaro IRSs now. Right. Right. So, uh, which you know, you can say what you will about the the 80s, but. Uh, the quality was somewhat suspect, but you know you can build some cool stuff out of it. Absolutely, as, as we as we always say, and we tell all of our guys, it's just a shell, guys. Yeah, gonna, really, every, it is. It's just, a, just it's just, just a metal body. It's just a can... metal body, and everything else we're going to redo. Oh yeah, or yeah. replace. Well, it's just like any any race car. It's just, just the like, canvas. You know, there's a. It's funny, like people go, "Well, why would you use a Ferrari body for a race car?" And it's just like. Well, because you know the difference between using that and using an FRS body, that's not where the cost is, right? Yeah, you know, right. Because you're gutting everything else anyway. Yeah. So, it's uh, you know, people lose. You know, it's different building the car in your garage with bolt-on stuff versus the kind of engineering that you guys do. Right. Uh, it is different. So, uh, okay, so we're here. Have you guys actually gone around and kind of poked your head in and looked at stuff yet? Or absolutely, yeah. Sure. What are you seeing that's really picking up your attention? Well. My 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 true love of the SEMA show is the Speed Core, all carbon. Okay. I mean that is the craziest. It's it's just. Well, I think the use of carbon, in general, around here is pretty strong this year. Like yeah. you're starting to see it a lot more. It's it's not the mystic thing that people thought it was. Yeah. No. Especially if you're working with prepreg. Yeah. Prepreg is nice because hey, I mean, it's expensive to work with, but like you can do it if you can do fiberglass work. You can do right. carbon. You can work. do it. Yeah. Uh, it may not always look pretty, and you might have to throw some paint on it, but not everybody's Horatio Pagani. But uh, Right. So it's like the combination of really, like, carbon and then machined, you know, CNC machined yeah. parts. Yeah. I, it's like it's just taking the build, look, you know, quality levels even higher. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're lighter weight, obviously, too. So I, we we were just talking about that with the Charger that Speedcore did. It's like, can you imagine driving that thing around? It can't weigh. I don't know what it weighs, but it's got to be pretty darn light. I, I'm going to guess probably... 22, 25. 
I don't know. It's, but it, it's nuts. They, they, just how straight the you know the, the the attention to detail and the quality is is high. So which is the most because there's been people you know throwing carbon on stuff forever. But yeah. you look at it, and you know the, the race car stuff doesn't need to look incredible, but just the finish on the car. And every panel you look at, all the carbons running, every, everything's all it all all the weave lines up. Yeah. It, it's pretty pretty cool. It's one of those. I, I, every year, I usually find a car here that you can you could look at for an hour, and you'd still miss a lot of stuff. The the two that always get me as far as carbon build quality are anything from Pagani or anything from Koenigsegg. If yeah. you ever get a chance to look at those in person. It's just... We have, yeah. I, I mean... We geek I, out over those two. I've heard stories of Horatio Pagani basically throwing out entire shells because they were off by a millimeter, you know, because they've got... They'll mirror image everything right down the middle of the car. I can't even fathom how much work that's got to be. It's, it's insane. It's there, insane. Was a, there was a Pagani here last year in the, uh, in the wheel and tire area, and you see his stuff in pictures, and it's incredible looking in pictures, but just to see... Just to see how everything's put together in person is just a—it's a whole other animal. So yeah, I mean the fact that he won't use other people's fasteners; he—they machine their own nuts and bolts for everything. Right. And every one of them has the Pagani logo etched in the top. And not only that, but every Pagani logo on that side of the car lines up perfectly, parallel to each other. Yeah. It's insanity. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, I mean. Uh, yeah, it's a whole other thing. But, uh, I mean, I put kind of guys like that. I mean, yeah, they're manufacturing new stuff that's, that's you know, and as expensive as, like, builds like yours are. You know, that's a whole other level. But there's a lot of crossover in terms of the skill set there because they're really small manufacturing. It's not like... They are. It's not like even, like, a McLaren is a big company compared to them. Yeah. Sure. You know, Koenigsegg and Pagani, they build the coolest stuff, but they're... They're doing no more volume and possibly less than even somebody like you. Right. right. It's, it's, and it's incredible that they can do that kind of stuff out of, you know, shops that aren't. It's it's just. I think the most cars Pagani's moved in a year is like 16. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's really cranking for that. That's yeah. cranking for that. For that for it's what amazing doing, they can know? really do that. It's They're just, they're pieces of art. They're beautiful. Yeah. So uh, what else do you guys really want to try and get a look at while you're here? Are you looking for, are you looking specifically for components? Are you looking for. Uh, you know, suspension bits, engine yeah, stuff. Yeah, so a couple of things. We, we walk around, we, we talk to all the manufacturers we work with a lot. We were just over talking to Willwood guys um, just about, about stuff we can improve on and uh, diff- different areas. You know, we, we, we're trying to kind of develop a, a brake system for all of our vehicles that's kind of the same because you want to build it differently every time. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of, you know, you can kind of you can kind of get it, you know, dialed in, and that's one of those things you hop in. The vehicle's got killer brakes. You know, you're always going to impress the customer. And I, so I, often, yeah. they're really high end. You know, people have these giant brakes on stuff, and they're not. They're not. You know, you're like, well, maybe we should redesign some of that. So we were just talking to those guys. We always talk to Rich at MagnaFlow, obviously. So it was a huge, yeah, Rich, a huge help to us. And yeah. you know, we we take all of our exhausts and build them pretty much custom. But we've got. We've got tons of uh, Magnaflow bends and straights and, and mufflers well, ready to go and it makes it happen. He's a great guy to bounce ideas off of, too. Yeah. I mean, because he's always, he's always got knowledge in the back of his head that, like, nobody else has. I think our best, yeah, you know, so our best team experiences are when, you know, we walk into a booth and talk to somebody we've been working with over the phone. And then, you know, we can talk each other's ears off for, for an hour about, you know, just bounce ideas back and forth and, and learn something so we can move forward and, you know, do better stuff. So that's that, the main goal is, you know, come here. Uh, pick up some, pick up some new tips, learn some new things, get connected with some new people, and and go go forth and you know kind of kick ass next year. So. Yeah, it's nice when we walk out of here and we're you know talking 
the following Monday after getting back from SEMA, we're like, yeah, you know, we can up, we're going to up our build quality now because of this that we learned or this new product, and and that's really what it's about for us. We're just on that that course, you know, to try to find the best way to do things, you know, yeah. and make it to where you can drive our cars. That's the like the one super important thing to us is that you can get out and drive this stuff. So, how many Siemens is this for you guys? This is my third. Noah's Big. been here more. Yeah. Seven or eight years. Oh my god, I can't believe I've been here long enough. I'm, I've been doing it longer than you guys. So, holy shit! It took me a few years to. I don't know, you know. After we started the business, even it took. I, I knew what it was, and you know, it's one of those things where you get too busy and don't make it. But it's good to. It's good to take the week off and come out here because we always we always benefit. Yeah, you guys get. That's the funny thing is like we have the exact opposite thing going on. Is that uh, you guys come out here and you get to blow off a little bit of steam because like. The, the pressure is kind of off. Once you've got the cars in the booths, the pressure's off a little bit. Right. And you get to bullshit with the other builders and, you know, go out and have dinner and drinks and all that fun stuff. And we're, we're here scrambling. You know, and everyone's <laughs> like, hey, you want to come hang out? And we're just like, sorry, we can't. We're going to be in bed by 10. You know, it's, uh, you know, this is what it is. And I do enjoy doing this. It is uh, it is a lot of fun. I mean, and this year we've gotten a lot bigger. I mean, now we get the stage and we get the studio back here. Uh, it's interesting to see how it's grow. It's really see how things have grown around here. Um, it's it's even markedly different than when I started coming like nine years ago. Um, you know, there's a lot more modern stuff kicking around now. Than, yeah. It was all just Camaro Mustang, Camaro Mustang, Camaro Mustang, F-150, F-100, you know, sure, sure. Silverado, C-10, so on and so on, and that was it. But, uh, uh, okay, so personal stuff. What are your own projects that, that are not attached to the shop? What are you guys playing with that uh, is maybe outside that, that niche of the stuff that you're cranking out for customers? Charles, well, Charles has the the Tahoe he's working on, but it's hard to yeah. it's hard to do stuff that's outside. Oh yeah, you know? that's a great question. Well, but that's, I think that's a, a common thing that everybody says. Like, you can't. It's hard to it's hard to be able to focus on doing the projects at the level that we're doing them, you know, and then come home and like start on another project. Well, that's why you know it's like that's why your own project always takes eight or nine years. Yeah, right. So, Start and stop is the the kiss of death. You know, yeah. to get on it and you, even to be able to stay on it for a day or something like that, you could you get a lot done, but. You know, we we're, uh, we're 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 wholly focused on you know, kind of. Uh, One thing I've got going, I'm, I am doing a project with my son. Uh, he's twelve. He's going to be thirteen. Uh, so November. he's old enough that he's actually useful in the he, shop now. Yeah, well, he yeah, comes yeah. around there. He wants to learn, you know. But uh, we're building a fifty-five Ford F one hundred. Okay. And uh, the whole goal is, I told him, you know, we can build it, and then when he's sixteen, we'll bring it to SEMA. So you know, it, it actually puts a timeline on it, you know, so we can. You know, basically treat it like we would have built at the shop and break it down, and we know how many hours it's going to take, you know, to get it done. And we, I told them it's like we'll have to work this many hours a week on it to have it done by this time. So, you know, it's kind of fun, you know, to see him get involved and he wants to, you know, build a vehicle. I don't know if he'll do it for a living or what he'll end up doing, but yeah. it's still something good to learn. Yeah, I mean, any any kind of skills like this. I mean, it blows my mind the number of people that can't do basic things for themselves. Right. So it's always, you know, I was, you know, it's not like I was doing major work with my dad on stuff, but I'd, I'd help him with some stuff, you know. And he was in every, I mean, but he was, uh, he worked in, in the Air Force in, in, you know, mechanics and aeronautic systems and things like that. So he's always been very mechanically inclined yeah. and I always helped him out with that and helped, you know, rebuild houses and stuff like that. And it's just it's good shit to know that a lot of people are just helpless with. Well, even just the, the simple lesson of being able to plan out a project or start something and finish it, you yeah. know, just those things can carry on to the rest of your life, well, really. and he's getting a leg up on, on, on that because it's just like, you know, I started working young as well. And, it was, yeah. you know, by the time, you know, you're 18 years old, if you're starting working at 15, 16, 17, 18, then, like, a real job, 
you know, where you've got some responsibility. Right. You get it. By the time you're in your mid-20s, you're way ahead of everybody else that just got out of college. Exactly, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, It'll be, it's going to be a fun project. You know, I think for him, you know, for him and I both, spend the time together to do it, you yeah. know, and uh, we're going to document it all. So and not, not a lot of pressure and, like. Yeah, it's just going to be, yeah. we're going to do it at home, you know, in the garage at home. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a good time with it. And I'm sure he's probably got his fingers crossed. I'm like, I want it for a 16th. I want it for my 16th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. You know, he's, Is he he's, talking about getting his driver's license? Yeah. He oh, my, he oh, actually wants his driver's license, you know, which like a lot of kids nowadays like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll get it when I'm 18. or I, I did because I, I couldn't really afford, you know, so it was, there was no rush for me. Yeah. You know, and all my friends drove, so I'm like, well, whatever. It wasn't you a catch deal. a ride. There you go. Yeah. You know, and you're in school and everything, so it's not like, it's not like you're doing a hell of a lot at that age. Right. You know, for me, that was freedom. Was yeah, it? me too. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. As soon as the yeah, day I, had, I was sixteen, I man, I got my one. license. Yeah. Take the day off school and get over there and go See, get your license. I was already I was already uh, working for an aerospace firm at that point. Yeah. So it was just like I was at work at school or every once in a while hanging out with my friends. So it was like, eh, wasn't a priority. Yeah. But then when I got eighteen, I, you know, I, then I started doing dumb shit with cars. Right. <laughs> right. As long as you start at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. It's it's fun and it's interesting all the different stuff you can learn from this industry now. It's not just so narrow. Right. You know, you can be a materials guy. You can you can be a chassis engineer. You can understand fluid dynamics. You can understand, you know, even electrical systems and stuff like that. It's it's so varied now. It's it used to be, you know, you have your corner shop that could do everything, and now, right. you know, you've got multiple career paths in this. Yeah, it's almost like the medical field. You know, where people are specialized really in what. In yeah. one area, you know, and there's guys that are building just custom exhaust systems, you know, hand built. Yep. Or there's guys that are just wiring cars now yep. for for a living. So we always talk about how we wish, you know, kids that are in school now actually knew about all the opportunities in the automotive world because it's vast. There's so many different things you could do. And I had no idea when I was in school. I had no idea. I wish I wish someone would. I would wish someone would have educated me and, you know, kind of let me know what was out there. So we're always, you know, every year, every year we come here, we're just talking about it again. You know, we're saying, man, I wish, I wish you know, Seaman used to get bust the kids in here. Yeah, and, and there's... Bust them in and let them meet with companies. And, you, like, you see some kids here, but, you know, bust in high school kids, bust in tech school kids, and show them, you know, have them meet with companies and have, have well, a guy just, I, just I, share an experience. Say, yeah. I work... I work at, you know, I work at Magnaflow, and here's what I do, and here's what I started off doing, and here's how I got interested in it, and, you know, here's what I wanted. You know, just, just, just to kind of like, because I think just being able to inspire people and show them, show them their options is a, is a powerful, powerful tool and for I, the I, industry. I think there's a little bit of a stigma to, like, some people think it's, like, hard backbreaking labor every day, and it's just like, no, not necessarily. If you're doing fabrication work or you're doing welding yeah. or you're a machinist or you're some, doing something like that, yeah, you're working with your hands, but it's not like you're covered in grease all day. Right. And, you no. know, they're, you know, a really good TIG guy or a really good machinist. That's pretty clean make, work. It's pretty clean work, and you make damn good money, yeah. especially machinists. Good money, know? good hours, opportunity to kind of work anywhere you want. Yep. Uh, opportunity to work a ton of overtime. Yeah. You know, it's... it's and it's uh, an opportunity to stay busy for the rest of your right. life and because he, the demand's there. Demand even is even there. Even if it's not automotive, you could go work in a Anywhere. lot of other industries. Well, you know, it's interesting because I went to um, Oshkosh to the air show mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, and they had a whole, you know, program set up for all the kids. And, you know, a lot of the, like, parts manufacturers and equipment dealers and everybody got involved with it. And, you know, your, my kids went through it, but you spend the whole day and you learn how to rivet a wing. You learn how to, you know, put it in a, like a symbol an engine and just all these things. And I thought, man, we need to do that 
here at SEMA, mm-hmm. you know, in the automotive world and like let the kids come in on a Friday afternoon at the end of the show and maybe Miller's got welders set up and they teach some kids how to weld and, you know, all the companies get involved and just run the kids through the booths and let them, let them learn some things, you know? Right. Uh, so it's really there, important. There, there's some of that, and, and I got to give Jesse Combs a lot of credit for trying to get uh, girls involved in heavy industry and for and, sure in, in, in engineering and manufacturing and yeah, um, and custom work. Um, but uh, I just got the little knock on my wrist saying that uh, our time is up here. Okay, um, where can guys? Uh, where can everybody find your work? So you can, you know, we, we, we urge people, if you're in St. Louis or driving through, to stop by our shop. We have a forty thousand square foot facility at Classic Car Studio where we do everything in house. Uh, you can also find us at Instagram. Okay. Facebook. And what's, what's the uh, username on Instagram? Classic Car Studio. Okay. And uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Okay. We're always putting up new content as well. You know, lot, lots of build pictures. Well, you, you got Con video. Media pushing you guys along these days, uh, we, too. Yeah, with we, the we've got Con behind us. So yeah. we've, we've, we're, we're, we put out as much content as possible, and it's, it's helped bring a lot of cool customers. So. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, that's it for today. And I really appreciate you guys coming out. It's uh Great little relaxing spot here. Nothing too high pressure back here. Great. It's nice. Uh, you get to sit, enjoy the luxury of, of couches for a moment and uh, get away from the rest of SEMA. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for Chris. having us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you.